Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to welcome you to the U.S. Army's Bloggers Roundtable for Thursday, August 22, 2013. My name is Brittany Brown, and I'm here with the Office of the Chief of Public Affairs, and I'll be moderating our call today. We're honored to have as our guest, Gold Star Mother, Mrs. Vanessa Adelson, who is on hand to discuss her son's legacy. Medal of Honor nominee, Staff Sergeant Ty Carter, is credited with moving through a gauntlet of enemy fire to provide Mrs. Adelson's son, Private First Class Stephen Mace, with life-extending care as well as evacuating him to a covered position. Mrs. Adelson is here to discuss the significance of Carter's selfless actions and decision not to leave a fallen comrade. Additionally, she's here to provide a picture of who her son was beyond the Army uniform. As a quick note to everyone on the line, please remember to mute your phone if you are not asking a question. And with that, I will hand it over to Mrs. Adelson to give an opening statement. Thank you for everybody um, for wanting to listen to my story about uh, my son, Stefan. Actually, he was a specialist in the Army. Um, some people ask me why I, I speak for my son and speak for everybody. Um, I feel that there's a need for more attention of what's going on in the military, um, how are, what our soldiers are going through, and um, I speak for my son because he can no longer speak for himself. I speak for the soldiers who were survivors of Keating and their families. I speak for the Gold Star families um, of the other seven that were killed. Um, because we need to draw more attention to our military and what they do for us, um, the less than 1% in this country, what they do for us. So thank you. Okay, and with that, we will go ahead and start uh, with the question session of this roundtable. Um, first up, I will ask Mr. Kissinger from Military Avenue. Do you have a question for Mrs. Adelson? Good morning. I do. Thank you so much for your service as a Gold Star mom. Um, well, I uh, just don't know what to say, really. Um, my question concerns support that you received. Um, what, what tool or support did you find that you could rely on during the grieving um, for your son? And, and was it official military support, or was it a, um, a group or something like that, organization, Facebook, blogs? I think, um, you know, there's very different stages of grief, and um, initially I did not seek out any um, support from the military. Most of my support actually came from the private sector, I, um, from friends, family, and I went to a counselor who had actually lost a child. Um, I have kind of been more of the person who supports people than gets the support for everything. Um, but through Facebook, I think has been a really um, a good avenue for me for support. Not only um, we have a, a Gold Star Mothers uh, site, a page that we all can kind of speak and tell about everything we're feeling at that time. Um, and I think most of my support has come from the spouses and fam other family members of actually the survivors of Keating, the soldiers themselves. Okay, Mr. Kippinger, do you have a follow-up question? Uh, oh, no, that was great. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, next, we will hand it over to Army News Service. Do you have a question? Well, not yet. Okay, all right. Uh, Seattle Times, do you have a question for Mrs. Adelson? 
Yes, Ms. Edelson, I'm wanting to know what it is specifically that you want Americans to know more about these combat troops and their service. That, um, well, first of all, I feel like most of America forgets about us. Um, they, they tend not to pay attention to the war in Afghanistan or what our soldiers do. Um, that all of them, everybody who signs up in the military are heroes. Um, we only have less than 1% of this population of this country that actually signs up to serve the military. Um, I just want... I just wanted people to know that, you know, they make sacrifices daily for us. Um, their families make sacrifices by, you know, having to move across the country any time um, that, you know, their, their soldier gets stationed somewhere else. Um, you know, that when they are coming back from Afghanistan, they're not getting the acknowledgement or the services that, you know, that we should be getting to support them with any of their, um, you know, health or mental issues. Ms. Fong, do you have a follow-up question? So when you say lack of recognition, you mean beyond um, awarding gold medals or medals of honor? Oh, well beyond that. Um, I just feel, you know, especially, for instance, when a soldier is killed in this country, um, you don't even hear about it on the news. It's, it's barely mentioned on the news, um, but if a celebrity, as I guess we should call them, you know, does anything that, you know, is scandalous, that's all the, me the media will report about, um, and that there needs to be more recognition when a soldier um, is brought back to Dover Airport in a casket that people should be speaking about that more. Um, America should be questioning more about why we are in Afghanistan. Um, you know, what, what, what is going on over there? Um, people should be questioning now, are we going to be going into Syria? Um, people tend to, especially I think in this economy, because people are more worried about what's going on just within their, their own lives, um, people just don't pay attention to it. And I think it's a shame. Thank you. Okay. Ms. Caldwell from My Military Matters, do you have a question for Mrs. Adelson? I do. Good morning, Ms. Adelson, and thank you so very much for all of the sacrifices that you've had to endure through this and trying to help us tell everyone the story of Stephen and Cop Keating. Very, very important, and you were very correct. The conversation needs to continue. What I would like to find out from you is your local arena where you live, the outreach that you receive from your local organizations as well as on the national level from anyone there who participated in these wars who was able to reach back into you during the grieving period and subsequent to that as well. Locally, um People have been reaching out to me. Um, I live in an in a area of a small, you know, very small community. So the outreach wasn't really anybody that had um, been in the military before. The outreach I had was just the community. But that's a little bit different than most places. I grew up, we, my sons, I had four sons, grew up in a very small community of Percival, Virginia. And so we had a lot of um, support from there. Um, when Stefan came home from 
Dover. I flew him into Leesburg Airport, and um, the entire community came out to, to meet us. They, there was an 11-mile procession uh, to his funeral hall, and the streets were lined with thousands of people holding flags. Um, you know, we've had a lot of because we were a close community, we knew you know knew so many people. So there was just a lot of outreach from that. Um, since Stefan was killed, there's actually been um, another soldier, two more soldiers in this area that have been killed, and I've been more the one that's been reaching out to them and supporting them through their grief process. Um, nationally, not you know just really, I wouldn't say any other support other than just from the soldiers themselves that survived Keating. Do you have a follow-up question, ma'am? I would like to know if you have done anything with respect to Stephen or if there's any information you could share with us that we could share with others that they could support any events, any personal um, hometown things that you do on a regular basis to keep the conversation, to keep Stephen Mace's name alive and let them know the sacrifice and, and what you do. Um, of course, and first of all, it's pronounced Stefan, okay. and um, we actually have a golf tournament out in Percival, uh, Virginia, every year. We're having our fourth annual annual golf tournament. It's um, Stephen, uh, special Stephen Lee May Memorial Golf Tournament, and it's going to be held again um, this year on September 9th. Um, previously, we have been raising money for the Wounded Warrior Project. This year, it is going to go to the Military Scholarship Foundation, which helps uh, scholarships for uh, children and spouses of fallen soldiers. Um, we've probably raised close to $100,000 in the, the past three years. Is there a way that we could get the information, uh, a website to where that's located? Yes, it's uh, www.macegolf.com. M-A-C-E-G-O-L-F dot C-O-M? Yes. Okay. Okay, thank you for your question, ma'am. Leo Shane from Stars and Stripes. Do you have a question for Mrs. Adelson? I do, and thanks a lot for the time. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about the the Medal of Honor being awarded at this point? I mean, what what is it like for you? You you said that we don't have a lot of attention focused on on the casualties and on the the men and women sacrificing overseas, but there's uh, there's a lot of reliving and there's a lot of details coming out now. So I'm wondering, you know, what your what your feelings are and uh, how you're balancing the the publicity and the reliving of the tragedy over there. It's very difficult, um, and it, it, it's something that I just have had to acknowledge my life is going to be like forever. Um, you get to a point where you feel like, you know, you're doing well, and then the scab gets ripped off again. And, and um, although I'm very proud of Ty Carter, and I, you know, believe that he deserves this medal, um, of course, it just brings up all of the memories again, and I have to talk about it. And, um, you know, it is difficult. But again, I've been given a gift, and that gift is that um, I can speak for people, for soldiers, and bring attention to, um, you know, to this realm. People are starting to listen again, and I take every opportunity to do it. It's, it's very painful, um, but it's just something I have to do. My son was the type of child that knew I would always do what was right by him, and that's what I do right now. Are you going to be at the ceremony on Monday? 
Yes, I will be. Okay. And have you have you talked to to Ty? Have you had conversations with him? I know he's talked in general about the uh, the anxiety he has talking to the families of of the guys who lost the the feeling of of guilt and um, uh, you know just just lost that that he has as well. I have spoken with Ty. Um, I have a very high respect for everybody's grieving process. I feel that. Um, Ty is still very in the early stages of grief. Um, I don't feel like he's gotten beyond a, a lot that some of us, such as myself, has gotten through. Um, I spoke with Ty when he came back from Afghanistan in May of 2010, briefly. He lives on the east, uh, west coast. I'm on the east coast, so we really can't, you know, meet that much. But sure. I, I've spoken with him on occasions. Um, I respect the fact that Ty is uncomfortable speaking with me a lot, um, just because I feel like he still suffers a lot of guilt. Um, we met two weeks before the announcement of the Medal of Honor, and. Um, you know, it was a nice meeting, but I can still see that he, he has a difficult time speaking with me because he holds so much guilt over Stefan's death. Um, I do try to reassure him every time I talk to him that he needs to focus on what he did for Stefan and what he did, not what he didn't do for Stefan. Um, that because of Ty, my son was, you know, taken back to safety. He did not die in the dirt. Um, Stefan was given several more hours of life, and he was able to be with the people that he loved, his army brothers. And Stefan was evacuated out of there and brought to the hospital um, where he went under surgery. And when he went under, he felt that um, he was coming home. And those are the things that I try getting Ty to focus on. All right, great. Thank you. You're welcome. Next, we'll have News Bonner-Ferry. Mr. Whelan, do you have a question for Mrs. Adelson? Yes, ma'am, and thank you for taking the time. Um, my question, I live in Bonner-Ferry, Idaho, and um, one of the Gold Star mothers, uh, Joshua Kirk's mom, Bernadette Kirk Bonner, is going to be coming to the honor ceremony. And her daughter, Jessica Tingley, uh, attended the service, or the Middle of Honor ceremony for Clint Remission had a lot of nice things to say, to say about you. And living on opposite sides of the country and the way you support each other, I know you mentioned Facebook, but are there other avenues uh, where the families of the Camp Keating um, fallen and survivors stay together as much as you do? Well, the majority is through Facebook. Um, that's just the easiest way. We do... We do um, call each other. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of reasons that soldiers join up are um, economic, economic, economic. Oh my gosh, <laughs> economic reasons. Excuse me. And um, you know, a lot of them come from families that just don't have a lot of money. So you know, traveling is something that's just not a question for them. They can't do it. So we have to find other avenues and make basically phone calls um, and just Facebook. When I see that um, I feel like somebody's suffering, be it a soldier or a Gold Star family, I make sure that I reach out to them. Um, I 
reach out to them through Facebook or in private messages. I give them telephone, you know, I give them uh, text messages, um, phone calls, etc. And I think we all do that for each other. I know the family up here uh, very much appreciates it. That's one of the things just about. Um, and one of the people you'll be meeting on Monday is Josh Kirk's mom, Bernadette Kirk Bonner. Um, our community just raised over $1,600 to fund her trip back That's for the wonderful. ceremony. Thank you. And I know she's looking forward to that. Yes, I've, I've already spoken with Jessica and have told her that I will be sure that um, I'm in contact with her, her, his mother. I actually uh, met her one time in uh, May of 2010 at the ceremony back at um, um, Colorado Springs when they were back there at Fort Carson. Um, so this will be my second time, but I have reached out because I know she's a little bit nervous about coming this way. So we're going to make sure we get her to her hotel and get her back and forth as, as needed. It's very much appreciated. And we appreciate you guys raising money. That's very important that you did that. Thank you. Thank you for your question, sir. Do we have any other online journalists who joined the call late? If so, state your name and blog or outlet affiliation. Uh, yeah, Michelle Tan with the Army Times. Okay, Michelle, do you have a question for Mrs. Adelson? Um, yes, I do. Uh, thank you for your time. I was wondering if you could uh, tell us a little bit more about your son and what he was like. Um, Stefan was just a, a child who loved life. Um, he was the second in a group of four boys. I had four sons. Um, he woke up every day. Every day was an adventure with him. He was always a happy kid. Um, he had a very sarcastic hu sense of humor. Everything just he would poke at fun at everybody all the time. Um, every day he woke up was an adventure for him. He was very energetic when he woke up. Um, he just was busy every day. Um, he actually spent the last three summers of his um, high school years in South Africa doing hunting safaris with one of his best friends who was South African. So he did a lot of traveling. Um, one thing I said about Stefan when he, after he was killed was um, he only lived 21 years, but he lived a very big life. And um, he was loved probably by more people and saw more than most of us will do in the years that we live. And um, I actually have a poem that was written by him. If I can read that to you, it would give you an idea who Stefan was. That'd be great. Thank you. Okay. This was written by a friend of mine who was his, basically his other mother. Um, we read this at his funeral. It's called Stefan. A funny, saucy little boy with mischief on his mind. Adorable in every way, so very sweet and kind. Always laughing at himself and making us laugh too, was very much a part of him and what he loved to do. Of all the things he liked the most, there was one special trophy, unlike all the others, a gigantic dog named Sophie. He deeply loved most animals, each litter, flock, and herd, but there was one he hated, Mom's big, white, noisy bird. He adored his, he adored his grandparents and knew they loved him too, for often he would speak of them and all that they would do. A strong appreciation for the beauty in this world, especially upon the face of a pretty girl. 
hunting game in Africa, fishing, sports, cold beer. This kid became a true man's man and lived life without fear. He drove a great big Hummer, just as it should have been, because big for big is what this man's life was right up to the end. A dedicated soldier who do anything he could for the, those guys he loved so much, and they all knew he would. Stefan's eyes were big and blue, and in them you could see a heart for, so full and tender, a soul that is now free. Upon his back, a tattooed cross with LVMBC, which means love is forever and you'll always be with me. Amazing, strong, courageous, a true and loyal friend. So dearly loved, so sadly missed until we meet again. And the, kind of the story about that poem is um, I was going to speak at Stefan's funeral, spent an entire day trying to write on a piece of paper and very angrily throwing everything away because I couldn't think of something. Um, that evening I had given up and I got a knock at a door at my door at home and it was my uh, son's best friend's uh, mother and, and his best friend. Um, and they had written this poem, and we just looked at it, and it was like, this is everything I wanted to say about Stefan. He had these huge blue eyes, and it just you never knew what he was going to say or what he had done. Um, we actually all wear uh, bracelets that say, what would Stefan say on them, because we just never knew what was going to come out of his mouth, but he just was such a funny kid. Okay, thank you for your question, Michelle. Do you have uh, a follow-up question? Uh, no, I, I, I got that. That's that's good. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. Okay. Sure. Thank you. Do we have anyone else who joined us late on the call? Okay. If not, then I will open it up. Open up the call now to anyone else who has any other questions for Mrs. Adelson. Do you have a question, Army New Service? Yes. Okay. We'll um, begin with Army New Service. Why did he join the Army? We have a big background of just serving our country. Um, we have a lot of police officers in my family um, back in Indiana. My father was uh, Air Force and then was in the CIA, and it just was a natural thing for Stefan. Stefan loved guns, anything to do with that, and so just everything was natural. And as long as I can remember, Stefan wanted to be a... Um, you know, be in the military. So he wrote a paper, um, it was near Martin Luther King's Day in fifth grade as to, you know, I have a dream, and they wanted a kind of a dream of what he wanted to be when he grew up. And he wrote a story about he wanted to be a sniper. <laughs> and so I had to immediately go into school and say, it's playing a good sniper. But he just always wanted to be in the military. And it just, um, when he got out of school, that's just he immediately, immediately joined up. He sounded like an adventurer, too, from what you were saying about the hunting. And, um, one of the things I was reading was uh, about how tactically Keating was just a nightmare from what Carter said about it when they first saw it. Uh, and it was like being in a fishbowl. Um, did your son uh, ever express his concerns or fears, or did he not want to worry you? Stefan never said anything to me. Um, he was back. I was so blessed. He was back in August for R&R um, and left September 1st, and then was killed a month later. So I was so blessed to have those weeks with him. 
he didn't mention anything to me the entire time. We were, Steph and I were very close, and he just didn't want to worry me. Um, he did, however, speak with his father, Larry Mace, um, you know, that they basically were sitting ducks down there. Um, the one thing I did note when Stefan came back, he was very pale. And I said, well, I figured you being in Afghanistan, you would at least have a pretty awesome farmer's tan. And he told me, he said, Mom, we do not venture outside of our huts um, during the day because there's people trying to take shots at us all the time. The only time we leave those barracks is during missions. Um, so he didn't speak with me. After he was killed, there were... He, we were fortunate enough that all of his college buddies were home because it was August, so he visited with a lot of them. After he was killed, many of them told me that he said that he was not—he did not feel he was going to make it home alive. Um, yeah, that was one thing that, uh, that Carter said, is that uh, even the enemy had set up marks on on the barracks doors. I mean, they stayed inside, right. uh, but they still had to go out on the patrols. Um, how about, how did, how did this, or probably it's a dumb question, how did this affect your, uh, his three brothers? His death? Yeah. Um, it's been very difficult on all three of them. My uh, son Christopher, who is now 21, he was 17 at the time his brother was killed and had just gotten out of basic and was home on his, um, his uh, hometown tour where they, I guess they do, I can't remember what it's called, but um, he was home for a few weeks and um, it, it really devastated him. He was actually um, deployed eight, eight months after Stefan was killed. Um, my, my, and it, you know, he came home with a lot of anger and PTSD and just, you know, has been struggling um, to do that. He's now starting college, but uh, he got out of the Army a year ago. Um, my son Bradley, you know, everybody had setbacks for a while. Everybody's making, you know, really doing, doing well. My son Bradley is currently joining the Army right now, so. Uh, do you ever gather together and, and talk it out uh, when holidays, that sort of thing? I don't. Um, siblings grieve, grieve in a different way than parents do. And um, I just am very respectful of their grief process. If they want to talk about Stefan, then we do. Um, I think right now we're still in the process of when we get together for holidays, there's an empty chair, and that empty chair is felt. So um, people just don't really speak about it. Um, my parents um, live in the Falls Church area, and you know they just—it's difficult for them. People that are older deal with it different. They don't like to talk about it, so it's, it's been difficult. Okay, thank you for your question, sir. Ms. Caldwell of My Military Matters, do you have any follow-up questions for Mrs. Adelson? I do. You mentioned that your other son today is suffering with the PTSD. Where do you have in your arena demographic where he is? Is he reaching out for the PTSD from medical-wise with the VA, uh, with any of the DOD initiatives that they have out there? Are, are you using any of those services, or does he, as well as um, the family members? He had started getting help. Um, it's a little bit difficult when they're younger to reach out for help. Um, so he had started at the VA, I think, just being frustrated with that. He stopped going there. 
Um, but St uh, Christopher has found the love of golf right now, so he's actually working two jobs at a country club, and that just seems to be what's fixing him right now. Um, you can't. You can't stop the grieving process. You can forget about it for a while. And unfortunately, people who don't learn to grieve immediately after um, something like this happens, you know, at some point in time, I know that this is going to hit them hard later in life because you just can't stop the grieving process. It, it doesn't go away. It will always be there. Um, and I do concern myself about when that finally does hit them. Um, what they will do. But Christopher's doing really well right now. He's actually starting school and um, uh, plays golf every day and is actually going into some kind of golf management program through school, through uh, the college, down somewhere down in Florida. He'll be transferring um, hopefully next year. So the VA does provide, but he did go temporarily into the VA for the outreach. Does the, the the VA there where he went to, did they have the actual, I know some of the VISNs around the country have the PTSD clinics that are strictly for the mentor, mentor, peer-to-peer -peer, uh, in the arena there that seem to help many of them through the process. Christopher actually was, you know, trying counseling. Unfortunately, um, I'm not very pleased with um the way the VA is taking care of our soldiers. Um, we have certain medicines, and those are the only medications that they will give them for depression. Um, there's just such a protocol that they have to follow. Um, we can't think out of the box that this drug isn't working for this particular soldier. It's just, I always say, I have a um, soldier that's living with me that has TBI and PTSD, and I look at all these soldiers, and they all send them the exact same drugs. Um, same prescriptions for, for you know, antidepressants, getting them to sleep through the, the night. Um, they need to start thinking out of the box and look at each soldier as an individual and figure out what's working for them. Um, there's not enough different drugs that are available for them to help them with their PTSD. So, I agree with you on that with respect to the yeah. VA and the stigmatic problems that they have instead of yeah. seeking individual care for individual people. I think it would be important if they, there was more welcome uh, for them to go out into the private sector to get help. Um, but that while they're, especially while they're being, you know, they're in the military, that's not really open for them and they don't have the funding. If they don't go to the VA, then everything's not paid for them, so they're kind of forced to go there. So um, I just know that there's other drugs and other different ways of, of not just drugs but other therapies that would help, but the VA doesn't offer that. And I see a lot of frustration through that with them. It's unfortunate. Like I say, some do have and some don't. I like to see them much more involved. The initiatives that they have out there now they are trying to reach any and all of the soldiers and sailors and all of those who need to go to the VA. And I, it, it's very important that the families themselves stand up and speak, such as you do on this Bloggers Roundtable. Very important. The more we can get your feedback to share with them, stressing to them the very point of the drugs and not getting the outreach that they need individually. Very, very right. important. I'm glad you shared that with us. And, you know, it's a little tricky, too, because, um, you know, these soldiers that are coming out are adults, so you can't force them into a lot of stuff. There's a stigma for 
for uh, looking for help while they are still in the Army. Um, when they get out, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people that join the military join because, first of all, they you know they've always wanted to serve, like my son. But there's also people come from broken families. They want to be part of a family. They come from uh, families that are of low income. So when they do get out, they don't have that structure, um, family structure that can support them. They have they come from broken families. Um, you know, so they they just don't have they don't have the structure of people that can you know, kind of help them along the guidelines like I've been able to for my children. Well, and it's important that you reach out for your assistance also and resource. You need just right. as much as they do individually. Um, I, I, I support that terribly. I, I strive to get many others out there. They're two of the resources that the DOD puts out I think are the best in the country that they have. And they have partnered with the Department of Defense and all the military branches. Uh, the Defense Centers of Excellence and Real Warriors Campaign, extraordinarily powerful information that they have available for any and everyone. So, Yeah, I, I hope it gets better. Um, you know, unfortunately, when you suffer for, from the wounds of war, it's difficult for you to go out and seek help for yourself. So that's one of the big, big issues. Um, I, I actually work with a lot of the young men that uh, survived Keating, and, um, you know, when they seem to have problems, I, I start looking for answers for them because it seems like they just can't take that initiative themselves. Um, you know, unfortunately, part of PTSD a lot of time is anger, um, so they just shut down. So I, I will find avenues for them to get help. Well, I commend you tremendously. Thank you. Thank you for your questions, ma'am. Mr. Kissinger from Military Avenue, do you have any follow-up questions for Mrs. Adelson? Yes, I have one. Um, what would you recommend to other um, Gold Star families or, or moms um, as far as ways to help themselves through this process? They need to reach out for help um, and go to counseling. Um, I find it through the Facebook page, um, we actually have a Gold Star Families Facebook page, and um, they just need to seek help. They need to talk about their problems. There's, it, it's very difficult, though. I find myself the same way, um, and it's with any death. It's, most people feel like, you know, you lose somebody, and then you should just be fixed from and healed after a year, and that healing process is going to be the rest of your life. Um, unfortunately, nobody nobody can speak for you. You need to speak for yourself. Um, when you need help, you need to reach out to your community. You need to reach out to your family. We have a wonderful service called TAPS, um, and it's Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. Um, they have just an unlimited amount of resources. I've called them sometimes when I've had a really bad you know, going through a bad stage, and they have found counseling for me um, or other avenues to seek. So I think TAPS is a really good organization for them to look into. It doesn't cost anything, and that's the best thing. Do you have a follow-up question? Could you say the name of that again? Was it CAPS? TAPS, T-A-P-S. Okay, thank you. You're quite welcome.
Leo Shane from Stars and Stripes, do you have any additional questions? I'm all right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Ms. Song from the Seattle Times, do you have any follow-up questions? Okay. She may have disconnected. Michelle Tan from Army Times, do you have any additional questions for Mrs. Adelson? No, I'm good. Thank you. Okay. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Willen from New Spawners Ferry, do you have any follow-up questions? Not at this time, no. I'd just like to thank you for what you do. Okay. Thank you. Great. Mrs. Adelson, do, would you like to leave a closing statement or any parting thoughts with the group? I would like to talk a little bit about Ty Carter. Um, we've been really, you know, speaking, I think, a lot about um, Gold Star families today. I want to let everybody know what Ty Carter means to me. Um, as I had said before, um, Stefan was home in August um, for his R&R. He came home from Afghanistan in August. Um, a month prior to him being killed, he went back there. He, he left uh, the States and went back to Afghanistan September 1st. While Stefan was home, the only thing he kept telling me was, I just need to be back there, Mom. I'm afraid something is going to happen and I won't be there. And I just couldn't understand that. You know, Stefan was 21 years old. He was back in America where most kids that age would be just enjoying every part of being back in the United States. But my son was focused on nothing but getting back to Afghanistan. I just couldn't understand that. Um, my gratitude for, for what Ty has done what he did for Stefan is just really beyond words. I hate using the word gratitude because that's used a million times by people in this country and it just doesn't begin to describe what I feel in my heart. Um, the day that Stefan was killed, he had just gotten off of duty and should have stayed back in the barracks. But because he loved those soldiers so much as brothers, he ran back to the Humvee where they eventually got trapped to help them fight this battle. When Stefan was injured, they were trying to escape the Humvee because they knew that eventually they were going to be overtaken there. And that's where he got injured. Um, Sergeant Justin Gallegos was trying to bring my son back to the Humvee because Stefan was so injured so badly that he couldn't walk for himself, and Justin was killed trying to do that. Ty Carter, after seeing another soldier get killed trying to rescue my son, still went out there without even thinking of his life and that he would be killed too, retrieved Stefan and brought him back to state safety. The COP was getting overrun with Taliban. My son, Stefan, was by himself, laying in the dirt, dying. Things could have happened to Stefan. The Taliban could have executed him as what happened to some of the other soldiers that were there. They could have taken him because they've been known to do that. Or Stefan could have just been left to die on, in the dirt. But because of Ty's actions, of bringing Stefan back and giving him um, 
immediate first aid to try stopping some of the bleeding. And Brad Larson, and who was also in the Humvee and Ty Carter, getting Stefan back to the first aid station where my son started receiving blood transfusions. Um, he was brought back to consciousness again. He was speaking. Um, when he re arrived to the aid station, he was blue and near death. After he got the blood transfusions, my son was up talking. He was laughing with the brothers that he loved so much. Many of them have told me that they were able to go in there and speak to him and kid around with him. Stefan was eventually was the only one out of the eight that was taken out of that hellhole and brought back to safety to Bob Bostic where he went into um, surgery. Prior to going into surgery, Stefan was talking and laughing and making plans to have beer with the surgeon, the surgeon Bradley Zagel, who went into surgery with him and tried taking care of him. When my son went into surgery, he was happy, of course scared, but he thought he was coming home to his mother. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'm sorry. Excuse me, I have something in my throat. But because of Ty's actions, my son died thinking he was coming home to his mother, to his family. He thought he was going to live. And when he was delivered to our Lord, my son was in peace. And although there were many actions from many soldiers, they were a complete team that day, and they they all worked hard to get Stefan back to the aid station and to save his life. Um, I am very appreciative of that, but if it wasn't for Ty, none of this would have happened, and my son would have not died in peace. And so I am just so very grateful for him. Thank you for sharing that, ma'am. Sure. On behalf of the Office of the Chief of Public Affairs, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for participating in today's roundtable. Once an audio file is available, I'll be sure to send that out via email. This concludes today's roundtable, so feel free to disconnect at this time.